Hello everyone and welcome to the Bit Effect. Today we have a bit of a double header. It's also going to be a little bit of uh, the Bit Effect after dark. So Craig, are you wearing a smoking jacket? And my name's Craig. <laughs> uh, I hope you are you are surrounded by lounging sexy ladies and oh, sexy yeah. men. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I have I have a bit of cognac in my glass, and today is very special for me and Craig because we are madheads and decided, hey, wouldn't it be fun if we played Dragon Quest XI S-Type and then Persona 5 Royal and talked about it? out that we are of differing opinions on which one is the better game. Now, this isn't going to be like an argument episode. Uh, this isn't also going to be a typical bit effect episode. We're just kind of going to talk about each game and then compare and uh, see how we feel. And we're relying on you, dear listener, to maybe write in and vote on what you think the better game is. Alright, so with Without further ado, unless you have a do, let us crack into it. Craig, what should we do first? Dragon Quest. We're going to do Dragon Quest first. So, Save the uh, best we... for last. <laughs> so, we didn't do an episode on Dragon Quest, but we no. are going to continue on with this as if you are familiar with it. There will be spoilers for both games, quite heavy ones, probably. Yeah, there will, or definitely. Um... So first off, Craig, what were your thoughts on Dragon Quest Eleven base game? Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. It's the first Dragon Quest I have ever played, and Dragon Quest does things to you that just make you smile. Uh, from the music that's just oddly upbeat and trumpety, I, there is a wee bit of an issue with the original music, which has been rectified yes. in this one, <laughs> but. Uh, it, it does, it makes you feel happy. The base enemies that you fight, and even some of the bosses, all have smiley faces. <laughs> and, you know, they're all cute. Thematically, it all just plays into this kind of like wonderful, weird land where you're trying to perform an important task. There's things trying to stop you. But it's got, the bad guy's got an almost scooby-doo-ness about him and how he goes about things at times and stuff. It just, it feels great. Uh, I, I'm like a massive fan of it and a massive fan of the way it looks as well. The way the characters are drawn and the modeling and, and, and the world just all is lovely. It's a really, it's one of my favorite RPGs, JRPGs ever and continues to be so with the, the S update. It's just, it's phenomenal. All right, and that concludes what we think the better game is out of these two. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, like, 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 I think I've talked about my history of Dragon Quest before, so yeah. we don't need to go over it here. Um, I think the S-Type, right? So S-Type changes a lot of little things that <laughs> some needed to be changed, some are just kind of bonuses. First off, my first note, Craig, is hot uh -huh. damn, it's good to be back. Like, there, you're right, there is something that no other RPG has when it comes to Dragon Quest's world. They're just... It's so happy! 
Yeah. Every people are dying, but it's still happy. I, exactly. I don't know how they do it. I, I've got absolutely no idea how they do it. I feel bad every time I kill a slime. You know, I, <laughs> I feel like no matter whose dad has died, they're just chipper and they're wanting to get on with the, the show. You know, Silvando's been disowned by his family and joined a travelling circus, and he's the happiest person in any game ever. It's, first off, Silvando should be in every game ever. I want yeah. to play Persona with their normal crew and Silvando and off Silvando. to the side. <laughs> yeah, like, just as a cheerleader. Like... <laughs> Um, yeah, and, uh, like, and, and I guess this goes for both games, too. The voice work is stellar in both. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I, I was trying to keep, uh, because Persona airs more towards the anime, like, voice acting style, and Dragon Quest is more the, I don't know, a, 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 an old British cartoon? Yeah, yeah. Kind of voice acting, and both nail it. Like, both work great. Uh, I, you know, have more of an affinity towards one, but I won't say. Um, this So, the draconian stuff uh, that yes. S-Type added. Did you futz with any of that? I did. Um, so, one of the things that I think is quite good in life is <laughs> when, um, in, in, a, in an RPG, I kind of quite like the fact that if the party lead, if your character dies, that should be a game over. Uh, so I, one of the draconian options is to activate that because by default you can die and party, swap yourself out for someone else or get someone else to revive you. And I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is about it. I just, I, I like having that wee bit of focus and that wee bit of extra stress of keeping me alive. Oh, no. Without... <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, okay, so... I that, that I think that also for me it depends on what the game is, right? Like mm-hmm. Dragon Quest, which we're just gonna call Dragon Quest Eleven S type, just Dragon Quest. Yeah, uh, it's very much not to me a singular character like Persona is. Dragon Quest is an ensemble of people. So for me, I like that more because it, it's like uh, if you remember Final Fantasy X, right? If Titus dies, whatever. You know, you can swap them out and somebody else will take up the flag kind of thing. I like that in a Dragon Quest because that adds kind of unity to the whole, like, group. Whereas, anyway, I'm sorry. I'm trying not to compare right out of the gate. I know, I know. It's it's easy. This is going to be difficult on all fronts because we're going to talk about Persona. And... Some of the things Dragon Quest does is better, and some of the things Persona does is better, and blah blah blah. But a lot of it's yeah. subjective. We're we're heading down a tunnel, and it's really difficult to skip ahead. Yes, it is very. Even though you're like, well, I could take this little side exit. Okay. Uh huh. So I agree with you. There there are some things that Dragon Quest does. I don't want to say badly, but like, well, that was that was a bit of a vestigial part. Like I have the horse. Right? Like, what purpose does the horse serve, really? Yeah. Did you use I, it at all? I didn't. And I, I thought, oh, I'm going to horse myself about the place. But no, not particularly. I think there's one point where you do it as part of story flavor. Yeah, you do horse then, races. That's it. Yeah. But I just, I, I'm not a horsey person because it's either quick traveling or it's not, it's not a slow game. It's a really zippy game to run about anyway. 
and quite often, oh, yeah. if you're going from A to B, you want to be stopping and fighting as much as humanly possible. Uh, With the, I, like, every RPG needs to, A, have their enemies on the overworld at all times. Yes. And B, you have to have a first strike mechanic. You yes. have to. Ah, uh, I mean, like, same with Tales of, right? Like, the, okay, you included a jump button. Why? Mm -hmm. I don't know. You just did. Like, there's never anything you have to jump ever in this yeah. entire game. But hey, it, it lets you jump as you run, and that's about it. Um, But yes, so the mounted stuff feels a bit vestigial. Sure, sometimes you need a little skeleton rider and you go up a wall or whatever. But it never really adds anything. What they did add, Craig. Oh, yes. I thought you were going to say what I think you're going to say. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, old school? New yes. School. <laughs> old school. Oh, th that is phenomenal, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, they could have chunked that out and sold that as a separate game. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Dra Dragon Quest 11 S Royal adds an entire 2D version of the game, of the overworld, of dungeons, of boss fights. You can play this entire game in SNES mode, and it is wonderfully be beautiful. You can change it at any campfire or in the menu at the start before you load the game. It asks you if you want to play it start in 2D as well. But it, it's really, really cool. It does have... Um, some drawbacks, like there, there are some pitfalls. Yeah, <laughs> yep. But it's just a really great thing to do, and it is very much like an entire new game. They could, like um, Final Fantasy Pocket Edition was a yes. completely separate edition of Chibi Final Fantasy Fifteen or whatever it was. This is this is that level of different game just stuck in there. It's amazing. And it's not just um, a graphical overlay. Like, mechanics change when you go from old school and new school. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, if you're in a battle, right? Um, if you're in new school, your speed or agility stat, I can't remember which uses, that determines who goes when, right? Mm -hmm. Sorry, opposite. When you're in old school, that determines. In new school, everybody kind of has their turn in a row. And things like um, there's cast time on things yeah. in the old school where it's like, oh, I hit the button, but it's going to be like three rounds. It's, it is amazing. Now, what isn't amazing is they decided, hey, you know what we should do just for kicks? Have have that encounter rate be super yeah. high on yeah. everywhere. That's that's what ultimately stopped me from playing it in 2D 100%. More. Yep. Uh, there comes a point where random encounters you don't want. Sometimes in 3D New School world, you're running and you actively avoid everyone and you football your way through an entire map to get somewhere. It's impossible in 2D mode. It's just impossible to do. And, uh, like, th that is a really cool tool for a stark difference between it because, like Craig said, you have all those encounters... But you also have how slow the text used to pop up. And that mm -hmm. hinders how fast you can get battles done. Because if you're playing new school, you can wham, bam, bam, you're done, right? In old school, you don't wham, bam, bam, nothing. You still have to see... If you do a multi-person attack, you see 
Target A took this much damage. Target B took this much. It's like, oh, just pop up numbers. Like, it it is instrumental in showing how far just this series has come. And boy, it's come a long way. Oh, Um, yes. Also, in addition, what they added was the Tickington stuff. Tickington Tickington is just amazing. It actually is a story-level addition that I think is amazing to just dip into the past, which I just love it. Because I've, I've never played any of the Dragon Quests before. It was like a glimpse into things that I just never knew even happened or existed. But it all kind of just clicked together really nicely. It, and it, it's, so the Tickington stuff is there's these little blue guys that you may have seen if you played Act 3. And I'll explain that one later. Yep. And so... You run into them and they're like, oh no, the tacos need help. Come to our town. And you do a little wibbledy wobbledy and you're back in 2D mode. And you're in this nice, cool little 2D town and you go into this room and there's 11 books. And each book is a Dragon Quest game with its characters and bits of story. And you hop into each world and you have to solve a minor problem. The cool thing is, is it mixes and matches. So Dragon Quest 1 has a problem that only Dragon Quest 6 can solve. And Dragon mm-hmm. Quest 7 has a problem that only 9 can solve. It is really cool intermingled. And I have played all of them, but I do forget a lot of them. So this <laughs> was a really cool uh, refresher. Just, oh, hey, it's, it's Jessica or it's Bianca. You know, it, it's, it was a very nice touch again almost could have made a whole game out of that yeah i think if, if they wanted to expand on the tickington thing they because abs- it is a game it's a whole game premise and a game mechanic of dipping into different times to change different things to like we even saw it in the medium and the dollhouse type thing it's, it's oh yeah you know it's that kind of thing is it's only cool puzzly thing um i i i yeah <laughs> it's so good um, that's another tick in Dragon Quest's favor. Absolutely. Um, what isn't a tick, or is a tick, depending on who you are, is the story. Mm-hmm. Now, Craig. Yes. Two very different flavors of story we got going on here. Yes. I won't ask your preference, but mm-hmm. I will ask, what did you think of the musty, dusty, chosen one story? I, I, of, I explained... Long ago, when we were doing a retro rewind, when we were talking about, you know, what keeps you going, is it story, is it mechanics, is it folklore or whatever, Yeah. and for me, this, the story of this is so bland, tropey, old, it's, it absolutely speaks a, a mighty weight that I still think this is one of the best JRPGs, even though I actively don't care about any of the story. You've got generic party members apart from Servando. You've got, you know, generic Hendrik Knight person. You've got generic weird witchy freaky people and a short person that used to be an adult. Whoa, 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 whoa. I know, I know, I know. Okay, we'll we'll get to it. We'll get get back to it. But it is very, there's no real big hook. Yeah, there's a floating tree and stuff. But at the end of the day, you've got a bad guy who wants to destroy everything and rule and blob. You've got a chosen one. Who's a chosen one with a mark on his hand and he has to save the day. And it's it's the least interesting bit of the whole game for me is the overarching story 
all the wee intermingled bits like the Veronica and Selena stuff's great. Sylvando quest line's great. Hendrick isn't the worst thing in the world ever. And hey, all this kind of stuff. Pretty boring. I'll give yeah, it that. Yeah. But it it the overarching story is a wee bit old. I will agree with you a hundred percent, and I think what does save the the game in terms of story is the personalities of these characters. Yeah. Because we're gonna say it here. And we're not going to expand on it till later. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them, I feel, is better than 90% of the Persona crew. Now, I don't know how you can say Serena and Veronica are, eh, whatever, magical. Those guys are great! <sighs> yeah, yeah. Okay, first off, you can't, you can't be like, yeah, I'll concede that point. We need a little bit of firm Craig here. All oh, right, okay, right, sorry. So the fact that um, Veronica is Serena's sister, except she's been turned into a kid, the fact that they're, you know, they come from this town and they are, like, one person that's been split in two from ages past and blah, blah, blah. Yep. I was just like, oh, come on. Really? V- what's the what's her name in the past? Velomia? Serena Lowe? Uh, Serenica, Serenica, Serenica. Serenica, there we go. <laughs> I knew if I missed all the letters. I liked Falami Lamps better. <laughs> um, I just, it was just one of those things where I, I like, Selena, Selena, Serena's too nice. Like, I never had her in my party because she'd done my head in. Uh, and I never used Veronica either. I just. Oh, okay. Apart all from right. when you get the wee pig costume for Veronica. Ah, oh, she's adorable, little pig. <laughs> okay, first off. Well, well, well you know what? Before we hop into that, what was your normal crew? So my normal crew would be Hero, Sylvan, yep. Sylvando, Rab, and Jade. Okay, now see, I I'm with you on the Sylvando. Man, never left my party once. Mm-hmm. But you had Sylvando, Hero, Rab, and Jade. No, no, Serena and Rab. Like that. That was my. Okay. Mm. Um, See, Serena never left my party. I had Serena and Rab set up as like support healing people, and neither one of them kind of missed a beat to the point where I just prefer Rab's dialogue and stuff. Oh yeah, well you know he calls people Baron. That that mm-hmm. that's great. Uh, yeah. Okay, Serena as a character is wonderful. I don't know. I don't see what this this too nice crap is. <laughs> She's a lovely lady. It, she almost reminded me a little bit of, um, like, Yuna, right? She's just that quiet, very nice, very gentle person. Veronica, you want to punch her across the football field after a while. <laughs> All right, I'll give you that. Yeah. But they do a bit of the – now, this is where the Act 3 conundrum comes in. But they mm-hmm. do the ballsy move of killing one of them. Yeah. And in stark contrast to what Persona does – I yeah. think this one is the more ballsy, interesting move. Until they bring her back. But I mean, you know. Well, okay, so so that's the thing, right? Okay, I'm, I'm just going to explain it now. Just so explain what, it, Dave. <laughs> so, this is a title, Dave did a dum-dum. Much like with Castlevania and not realizing there was an upside-down castle and selling the game, Dave did a dum-dum by playing this game until he got credits. And went, wow, that was great. And then 
turned it off and went his own way. Didn't know there was an Act 3 at all. And every once in a while, Craig would mention something about Dragon Quest, and I would go, oh, maybe I didn't see that side quest or whatever, and just kind of write it off. No, it turns out there's a whole Act 3 that goes on. I think... I think the reason that we ended up figuring it out was because I was explaining how it was amazing that you saw the wee blue tin guys, but then at the end you see them all heading towards the gigantic temple, and, and you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, oh, I thought that was a sequel hook or something. That's great. Um, yeah, so, so yes, you can bring back Veronica. Now... We will explain, remind me, please, to explain mm -hmm. why I think that works Yeah. in opposition of Persona. Now, okay. All right. I don't mind the Chosen One story too much with the characters, like I said. Mm -hmm. But I will admit it is old and dusty. Dragon Quest yeah. needs to change that. I also really don't like how you're silent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, with the writing they have here... There's no reason they couldn't have had a fun, engaging main character, too. Yeah, it's not... Like, you normally have a silent protagonist for that age old. Oh, you would need to impart your own, you know, like, choice and personality and everything. But there's no... There is... It's just one character. You're playing a single character with single dialogue and a single... It is a, it's not like it's an RPG where you make... Create your own character. So yeah, there's no you reason... You don't make dialogue choices. You don't do nah. anything. That and, and that is one point I will give to Persona. While I would have preferred a voiced character there too, I think it works there because you're you're choosing who to hang out with. You're choosing yep. your dialogue. That's fine. Here, it, it does feel a bit like Mr. Freeman where you're like, okay, people are just talking at you yeah. constantly. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean you don't agree? I never said anything. I didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. It's, so that, I think, really could change. Now, I do want to give a major props to the translation team. Because from what I gathered... Now, I could be wrong on this. And if I am, please write in and explain how I'm wrong. But all of the fun stuff that makes Dragon Quest fun, like the, the stupid puns... And the little wordplay, you know, like the goo and, and everything. Mm -hmm. That's all done by the English team. That's not in the Japanese game. Which is mind-boggling. That's like, baffling! Th it is because it's the biggest bit of hook to me and its charm and personality and that smiliness comes from the puns and things. And I just, I'd, I'd want to speak to a Japanese person who's played this and loves this and see... Yeah! You know what I mean? Like, I want... Or, or or want to expose them to this? I don't. I don't even know. Is it uh, is it just lost in would puns and all that be lost in translation? No, like like, like Japanese humor is a big on wordplay. I mean, I don't get any of it because I don't speak Japanese. But from what yeah. I've heard from people, it's big on puns and things like that. But it this is very much like a stolid adventure game. Yeah, you go on and you yeah you you want to grab uh, Yuji Hori by the collar and go look. This is great. Do mm -hmm. it right. Yep. Like. So, um, if you are a person who has played it in Japanese, uh, really let me know if it's as straight-faced as some of the things I've read on the internet make it sound to be. Because that sounds miserable. Because mm -hmm. the one thing this has is that tongue-in-cheek sense of humor. I don't know how you could do Solvando that seriously without him being offensive, I guess, would be the best way to put it. 
maybe he is. Maybe he's a piss take in Japan and he is just an offensive maybe. stereotype. I don't know. If, if that is the case, well done to the translators because he's awesome. Okay. Yeah, you see that parade in Act 3? The parade when he's is wonderful. Oh, fucking hell, I love that. Like, <laughs> I think... Oh, sorry, on you go. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. We're discussing. No, I was going to start... I was going to start speaking shop again. Oh, sure, go ahead. No, all I was... Like, the... Um, the S version, because we were talking about the differences in the S version, do some things that make things better, obviously. Do some things that make things slightly worse. One of the best things it does... I've went off on a tangent already, so I'll just I'll just keep going. One <laughs> of the best things it does is you don't need to get to New Game Plus to be able to skip cutscenes. In the original game, you had to watch every single cutscene. Oh, yeah. Game, you could not skip, whereas now, if you're playing it a second time, you can immediately hit triangle or circle or whatever, or hold it down, and you can skip a cutscene. That's not what I was going to say. What I was going to say was Act 3 is where you would never have originally experienced. <laughs> uh, it It kind of falls down a bit in its gameplay and its direction and what you're supposed to do, because at the start of Act 3 you've lost your party and you're basically getting the gang back together to do, you know, to beat the floaty thing or whatever. And Arguably for the second time, too. Yeah, yeah. And I personally thought that, like, the second time I played it, when I got to Act 3, I was like, I could, I could have done a Dave here and ended it on the credits and been so happy. But now I'm stuck not knowing where I'm supposed to be going or what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> Yeah, like, Act 3 almost feels like an old-school RPG where they mm -hmm. just throw you in the world and go, I don't know, explore. Yeah. It, it, uh, it is mildly, uh, I was going to say infuriating, but it's not even that. No, no. It, it's more like puzzling of like, okay, why all of a sudden is this a user-created path? Why yeah. not keep it on the story path? Um, I, as Sorry. a man, as... I'm throwing it in now because it's literally one of my only dings for the entire game. So when we get back to talking about the positives, I've got like this is all I've got to say bad about it is you feel a wee bit lost in Act Three at the start before you like how good is it that that's the worst thing about the game? Yeah, like like no, I'll agree with you. Like once you find the road uh -huh. that you're supposed to be on for Act Three, it's like oh this is wonderful. But that that beginning bit where you're like I, 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 you just dump me back. What do I do? Okay. As a man that has never played Act 3 before. <laughs> but Chikuli put this on his completed games list because he thought he did. Mm -hmm. Act 3 is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, everything from the optional super boss to just the story. Oh, no, no, can't. Mm -hmm. The story of Act 3 is really interesting. Yeah. Now, what is also interesting, and getting back to our earlier point about the localization thing is... Dude, that haiku town. Yeah. How maddening would that be to be like, here, write about 150 haikus and they have to make sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, honestly, it reminded me of, tu is it Tucson from yeah. Lost and Random? <laughs> I'm just like, everyone's, Tucson, and everyone's saying haikus. I just, it's, it's baffling. It's, it's amazing. But working on that, oof. like that is human achievement right there. It's like, oh mm -hmm. my gosh, this this would be nuts. Yeah. Okay, down to another ding that I have. That's a slight ding. It's like you yeah. know, you accidentally hit your your car with a shopping cart, and you're like, ah, whatever. Yeah. Um, the quest system. 
mm-hmm. you can tell it's an older game. There isn't the same level of gracefulness that is in something like a Tales of or a Persona, yeah. right? Like, it's very much a, ah, I may have to Google this to see where this guy was. It doesn't tell you, oh, he was back here in that town kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, newer RPGs do. So, that's a bit of a ding from me. Yeah. I think it, it's something that, for this game, what fixed those kind of things was Tales of Arise. Not a Persona approach, but the Tales of Arise approach would have addressed... Was fin- a, amazing. Just different, yeah. Um, but again, you're right, you've hit... The, your car with the shopping cart. It's not even marked your car, but you did it. That's yeah, the, yeah. That's it's the like ooh, just a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of side things to do, I think this is a little bit weaker than something like a Final Fantasy or a Persona, or even a Tales of. At this, point. like, like you have what you have horse racing. Uh, yeah. They took out the little crossbow mini game thing. Yeah, which yeah. that's fine by me. I didn't really do much with that anyway. But other than crafting. Now, how do you feel about the crafting minigame? Because I uh, kind of like it. Yeah, no, I, I really like crafting in this game. It has it has a puzzle to it, and it has a bit of finesse to it, which I really like. Um, so the crafting, just to explain, you've got a, a what do you call one of those iron blocks that you hit a, a mallet a, on? A, a bar, a forge. A forge. You go, you go to your mini forge thing. You take your weapon out and you want to craft it, and say it's a sword. It's split into six segments, and you've got to hit a, a you know, like a bar point on a bar, like a I don't know, like a weird golf game or something. But you, yeah, yeah, hammer, you have like a hot zone. You yeah. gotta get it in. And you've got different moves for your hammer, so you've got double taps, and you've got a quad tap that quadrabash, quadrabash. And you, you've got to basically gently nudge all of your bars into the hot spot with a limited amount of action points. So your double bash could cost five points and you use it instead of a single bash, which costs four points, to save a wee bit of those action points. But sometimes the temperature of the forge affects your double bash. And if it's too hot and you double bash, you go way off the scale, you ruin your sword. It's the end. You don't actually ruin it. It just remains a base sword. But, yeah, I think I think like that's an important part of it. Not only yeah. is well, you missed the uh, punishment isn't too bad, but there is that okay. There's no special move to take the bar back. Yeah, and I I, I really really enjoyed it. I, and it it's not it couldn't become a full game obviously, but it's something that I actively seeked out to do as much as possible because I'll oh, be every really, time you got a new recipe, you're like, all yeah, right, gonna craft this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and another key to, I think, making this a good minigame is if you do it well, the bonuses are noticeable. Like a plus three sword yeah. is definitely better than a plus one. So props to them for that. The horse racing, eh, eh, eh. It's like, yeah. you know, somebody goofing around in Unity with the assets. That, that's, that's really what it felt like. Um, Jumping around. Mm-hmm. By the time you hit Act 3, one thing I did notice was they start reusing monsters. They start re- Because up until this point, every area, kind of like an MMO, has its own, like, endemic monsters. Yeah. Like, you won't find the steel monsters in this area. Things like that. And that, that makes it feel more alive, right? Once you get to Act 3, they just start 
I don't know, here, the huck everything at him kind of mm-hmm. thing. Did the reuse of content in Act 3 wear on your experience with Act 3 or no? No, I think by Act 3 I was more in football, especially this time around. In football mode, I wanted to get to the Temple of Time and start doing funky shit. Like, that's that's where I was heading. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, like, it being new for me really yeah, helped yeah. go through it. But even I was like, I don't want to fight that Dragon Rider. I fought 4,000 Dragon Riders. Hey, you football mm-hmm. pass. Now, I went for a Platinum. You yep. didn't. No, I did not. I had to do a lot of grinding to do to beat the super boss. Did you have to do oh, any grinding? I, this is the best. The other best thing about the be, the best thing they added to this game. I don't know if you know what I'm going to say already. No, you can change the battle speed and the animation oh, yes. speed. I bumped everything up to fast so that when you attack, it's like. And your turn times are a lot quicker. Your battle time is half. Like, I finished this game in half the time I finished the original game. And I did the same stuff. And I did the same... You know, I literally finished it in half the time. Because you can speed through grinding. If you get in a battle and you think, oh, no, it's so snappy. It's so quick. You can actually turn the battle speed to the point where it's just like, boom, next shot. Boom, next shot. Yeah, you're basically just seeing numbers. At yeah, that point, that's I, I didn't go that far because that would be just too too far. But that turning the battle speed right up saved any grinding if you're trying to find a particular you know like thing, which is another good point. Now, when you mine or you kill an enemy and it drops something, oh, it goes into your inventory. You don't have wonderful. to then pick it up. I think I think it's it's th- small things like that where in the original game. They were very much in, well, we will stick with the Dragon Quest formula. And S-Type, they were like, all right, let's move a little bit more towards modernity a little bit. And that makes a huge difference in your play experience. What doesn't make a huge difference in your play experience is that Super Boss is rough. Oh, yeah. Like, I was fully maxed out. And it was still walloping me. Yeah. Uh, it took it took a good, like, two hours of just bashing my head against it to get it. Whew. I mean, yes. I liked the challenge. I'm sorry. No, on you go. I liked the challenge of it, but it did get a little old because eh, eh, everything up until that point, you're like, all right, I, I now just have to find a good grinding spot. And grind, because uh, well, I, I I don't know if you answered the question. Did you have to grind at all to finish the game? Oh yeah, sorry, no, I didn't have to grind to finish the game. the The speed of battle was more on the time it took to complete, and I made an active choice to not go for because I did it the first time, and I remember going through what you went through now, and I thought it's not really that necessary at this point in time for me to do this, so I just didn't. No, no, they did. Act three wasn't in the original. I I checked. It just went credits, and then the game was over. Oh, I must have dreamt it. Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, on yeah. plus, though, you're really in line with the creator, so I got to <laughs> hand it to you there. Um, so let's talk about, um, and this will be in direct comparison. The, I think we're we're a little opposing each other here. I really like the skill tree system. Mm-hmm. You think it's kind of fluff, if I remember right. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the skill tree system because it doesn't, for me, it doesn't lend itself to 
levelling up one specific thing or this, that or the other. It's a very broad, very oddly specific or very weird in places skill tree. So you could be levelling up your mages, you know, like skills and things like that. But you want one skill for each character. Sorry, I should explain. Each character, like, you know, Rab, has a mending skill tree or whatever where it's all about healing. And he's got one where it's all about hitting people with a stick. And he's got another one that's his own speciality one. And it just feels a wee bit... It's It doesn't, like, oh, plus five to magical mending. You have to buy all these skills to get one ability that you might want. And I just, I'm not, I, I'm not a particular fan of it for that. That's fair. Like, like that's one of the things where we're opposed where I can say, you know what, that's fair enough. It's it's more like an unexciting, um, what, oh my gosh, I forgot something from Final Fantasy. Uh, the thing. Sphere Grid. Oh it, yeah, it's yeah. like an unexciting yeah. sphere grid. Yeah, and that that sphere grid is is phenomenal, and it's almost the same thing. But the sphere grid it, it feels much more embedded and meaningful, whereas this just feels a bit. Once I got particular skills like the ground pound that you can get for the hero with a great sword and all this kind of stuff, I just thought that's me set for life. But it took so yeah, long to get. Like here. I think that's the problem, right? Is uh, in this, you can have builds for people. You can have Serena be a spear or a mm-hmm. harp or, you know, a, a caster. And once you fill out the one niche you want, yeah. there's really no need to buy the skills for the spear. And I think that's where it falls down a little bit is after you hit a certain point, you're just done. And then you're just like, well, I have the skill points. I might as well spend it. Um, On a, on a different note, uh, Craig, what, what main... Character weapon, did you go? Um, I correct me if I'm wrong or I'm lying, but I'm pretty sure I took the greatsword for the hero through most of it because it did have some pretty epic power some moves. Whomping good yeah. damage on that sucker. So he was he he was just dealing out damage. Hendrik was sucking up damage. And yep. The other two were just basically like um, either healing or stabbing with our multi uh, Jade's multi thrust. I I basically didn't use anything else apart from multi thrust for Jade. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot is... of her. What is it? Allure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found fairly useless. Yeah. Oh. 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 And then they're <sighs> they're charmed, and I'm like, that doesn't la- it lands like ten percent of the time. So I just gave up. Uh, the, you know what? You just reminded me of something. Um, that is something that I think could use a little bit of explanation in the game itself. Those moves like Smooch or Puff Puff, which Puff Puffs are mwah, they're wonderful. Um, they're reliant on stats for how much accuracy they have. And it never once says in the game, hey, if you have a low like technique stat, really no point in using this move because it'll land 1% of the time. And that's very much something that, like, I had to look on off-game sources to be like, oh, so this is the accuracy rates. That is a ding I will put towards it that Persona does better. All the information you need about Persona is in the game. Like, in, in this, you struggled because you you, uh, you went Persona Dragon Quest. I went Dragon Quest Persona. Yeah. And no, coming I went, from... I went Dragon you? Quest Persona. Yeah. Did I do Persona Dragon Quest? I thought we switched it up a bit. I don't know, but I definitely did Dragon Quest first. 
Okay, because you were like trying to hit elemental weaknesses on things. I'm like, no, it's not really a thing here. Like, if it's an electric monster, you can hit it with electric attack. Doesn't matter yeah. at all. I, I did try and do that in this, but I, that's just the way my brain works. Like, no matter what. <laughs> well, that's how you've been trained for, what, the last I'm, 30 years? Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think there is some intricacies about the battle system that really could be not only fleshed out a little bit, but also more explained. So, sm again, small ding. You knocked it with your shopping cart, whatever. Okay, so let's talk about the story for a little bit, if you don't mind. I do mind. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> this is this has been the bit of fact double header. Um, okay, so I really like that there's a reset to the world halfway through right mm. like the villain achieves his goal halfway through and you're just like oh no what what are we gonna do i like that what yeah. i don't like about that is you don't get to choose what party members you want first so yeah. by the time i got serena it was like man i miss having you in the party but i, I have to go like 10 hours without yeah. you so i i think that's a bit of a ding on mm -hmm. it um can we can we do Act Three stuff? Yeah. Remember that's like all new to me. It's so yeah, cool. yeah. Uh, okay, so Act Three has basically has you trying to undo a choice you made or an event that happened to you. I'm gonna be a little mm -hmm. squiffy on it. Oh wait, no, we already mentioned it. Veronica dies. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Um, okay, oh, so you're trying to yeah. spoilers undo off. Veronica death. Yeah, I'm sorry. Just podcast mode kicked in. Unlike what happens in Persona, which we will be getting to shortly, there are stakes for what happens. People don't remember you or don't have memories that you experienced as a player because you have to sacrifice them to go back in time. And I find that a way better way to deal with it than like the Ryuji death stare scares, right? Of like, oh no, he's dead. Oh, he's fine. Like in this... The choice you make as a player is the same choice the character had to make, and there are consequences for it. That, I think, 100% redeems the, the uh, choice of having a character die. Uh, I, like, I get what you're saying, but at the end of the day, I took this to be quite... Uh, this is embedded in the story. This Act 3 is about going back in time. So you go back in time to the original town, and you meet, you know... What's his face? Your mum or whatever you meet, whoever it is you meet back in yeah. the way back in time, the guy who then sets you on this path already. There's other bits of the story that you wouldn't you enact too when someone, you know, there was a shadow or something. I'm like, that's you from the the future going back in time. And you're like, why the hell is that person there? Yeah, it's, have, it's very back to the future-ish. You have to know. But because it's back to the future-ish, it's already happened. It's just part of the story. It's a back to the future story. So you already know what you have to do. And it's just an elongated story to eventually get back Serena with Veronica. Whereas the way I see the Ryuji death scene, and we will talk about it in Persona Half, is it's just a bit of comedy. It's just a bit of like, well, whatever. It was never really serious. It was, it was never really... It was more about the fact that he could run at full speed after his injury up a boat and Ooh. do something like i totally and utterly it's it happens in about a minute of them going oh 
We're so sad. Oh, we're so sad. Hey, what are you See, guys talking about? To me, that is more moldy and dusty. Like like Indiana Jones did that for crying out loud. Like yeah. you can't you can't pull the same comedy bit as thirty years ago. Stop it. Okay, well, but, I know, but uh, right, yeah, yeah, maybe I. But but uh, all right. So Craig had a minor dysphagia. I felt the same kind of thing about the drag. Like, I feel the same thing about Persona as well. It's, it's an old thing to do, but it's just, whatever, it's just fluff. And this, it's an old thing Ooh. to back to the future, doesn't it? It's just, it's just, it's just a story. It's, it's where you're going. Okay, so I am 100% willing to admit a lot of my defense of Act 3 may be due to the fact that I didn't do it the first time. Like, yeah. remember, for me, the end of the game was Veronica's dead. Yeah. Like, I think that would have been far more positive uh, conversation just now if they had the balls to kill someone. But for me, they did. That's the weird thing, right? I like, like, I realized, oh, yeah, this is all. It's not it's not a choice. You actually have a choice in making. It's more a choice of do you want more game or no? And you're obviously going to say, well, yes. So I understand that. Um, in terms of character uh, price, like, arguably most of the game gets taken away from them. In terms of, like, there, there's now things that never happened. Like, like the um, when you decide to uh, who you're going to romance, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's gone now. Like, yeah. all that stuff is been wiped away. By the way, who did you choose? Nobody. What? Nobody. What? Nobody. Uh, for, first playthrough, I did Silvando because <laughs> he, he, he's a bro. And this time it was Serena because she's a sweetheart. Yeah. Um. So, I, uh, I guess for one, it's narratively better, but gameplay worse. Yeah. Whereas the other one, it is gameplay better, but like, okay, yeah, I could see that dichotomy going on there. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, so much of this for what we're going to talk about for the next hour is still going to be a mixture of subjective and basically making what do you call those things compromises over conversation. Like, where we see a positive in one area, there's probably a negative, and it's most likely flipped for the other game. Like, that's, it's going to happen through the whole thing. And it, at the end of the day, whatever one I like the most and whatever one you like the most is mostly, basically, us picking our favourite of two excellent games. Our favourite son <laughs> out of the two. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, pl uh, listener, don't please don't mistake this as a, I have my position and I'm trying mm -hmm. to convince Craig. This is very much just two dudes sitting at, a Denny's halfway drunk at 2 a.m. going, dude, what about this? Dude, what about yeah, this? Yeah. You know, like, like that's it. We're not trying to convince each other of you're right or I'm wrong. All right. So we're going to put Dragon Quest down for a little bit and my heart's mm -hmm. going to break a little bit because, Craig, there was a guy named Were Tiger. And it was a guy wearing <laughs> a, a guy tiger. Wearing tiger. Yeah. <laughs> and I, they I had like cruel cumbers. And uh -huh. oh my gosh, that's wonderful. Okay. Putting that down to the much more serious. Mm. Mm -hmm. Persona 5 Royal. Yes. Now, uh, since you are the Persona man, 
Uh, oh, we did do an episode on Persona. So if you want to see our like unadulterated thoughts on Persona 5 base, uh, you can do that. We have an episode about it. But Royal mm-hmm. doesn't change a lot, but what it changes is important. Yeah, I think so. This is this is where this conversation is quite interesting. So for me, Dragon Quest Eleven S is uh kind of like let's make this game better, let's do this, let's add all these comforts, let's this Persona Five Royal doesn't as you say, it doesn't really add too much mechanically, it doesn't change too much, but it integrates an entire new storyline sewn expertly through the whole game. And it's that to me is mind blown because it's not like to me a remaster or a re-release or an S or a Royal would normally be a oh we've tweaked the graphics and now everything's easier to do and you can hold down a button to the kind but of this, like the PS Five version now yeah yeah exactly whereas Royal did something so mind-bogglingly good that I uh, what a conversations with like Maruki. The doctor, I'm like, was he? He wasn't in the original, but I'm like, was he in the original? Did I do this the first time? How was he not in the original? How was he? How was he not there? He he clearly was. Kasumi's a bit easier to say, oh yeah, she's new. But my god, the amount of times I doubted myself. Both of us were messaging each other, going, "Wait, was this in there?" Um, It's just a masterclass in how to update a game and add stuff to it. With just just seamlessly, there's new uh, persona to me. Like, hang on, are we going to go scattershot, or do you want to take it back and go? Oh, scattershot? we're going to do scattershot, scattershot, oh. my friend. Okay, so Persona Five to me as a base game, you can listen to the full episode if you want, if you're interested. But the basic output of that, from my point of view, is that between uh, the style of it graphically, that kind of punky black, white, and red funkiness the music and the general gameplay of it all results in something that just ticks every one of my buttons and every single one of them i've spoken before about oh the story isn't that great but the mechanics are so strong it just keeps me going this isn't one of those games this is one of those games where every component of it just it has me firing all cylinders so it's oh, got this a- is 100 percent a well i can do one more day before bedtime yeah absolutely and then well i'm not too late for bedtime yeah. Well, might as well stay up now. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> kind of game, yeah. It's a game that had me playing it late and then getting up at like four or five in the morning and carrying on. It's one of the few games I have ever been so deeply addicted to in that way, just wanting more. Uh, even, so to, to break it down, you've got this punky aesthetic. It's very cool. The character modeling in the general town is quite anime and very 3d arty arty it's not a realistic japan it's not it's yeah not stylized it's very stylized the music is very you get like a jazzy dance mix of stuff it's got a lot of vocals in the music and it's it's all very nice gameplay you've got traditional dungeons which you have to go through and fight people but you've also got uh, complete sections and complete chapters that are all about how you interact with your party members. So you've got a bit of almost like so close to visual novel, but with choices and consequences that you then feel when you're, you know, dungeon crawling. And it, it's got a day system. So the entire day game is paced where you've only got a morning, noon and evening to perform one action every single day 
for a school year, which again, it's just like you're, you're sitting playing and you're just like, oh, just one more day and, and something epic happens in the story because at lunchtime you get sucked into someone's brain somewhere. And that brings me on to the third bit of it, the third tick, is the story itself to me is massively compelling. Like, I really like the weird, science sci-fi type going into people's brains to fundamentally change the bad parts of them and have the dungeons styled to what that person thinks that like someone is a complete and utter insane person and inside like the school pedo the first imagine opening with a boss that's a pedophile you're like holy fuck and it's a school but it's portrayed as a castle and he's the king of the castle and all the guys are knights and it's so well done that it just it goes tick 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 ticky tick and then royal comes along and it takes all of those ticks and it goes, let's just add a few more ticks of different people that you like and different story and stuff. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) all right, Craig, shut up for a minute. It's my turn. Oh no, sorry. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, after playing Catherine and then Royal, I agree a hundred percent. Like Atlas, our masterclass at weaving in DLC to where you question whether it was there to begin with or not. Um, Rin was done fantastically in Catherine, and Yoshigawa and Maruki are done wonderful in this. Like, it's amazing how good they are at this. Now, uh, we did say this at the beginning of our Persona 5 episode, and I'm going to say it again here. We will probably butcher some names because neither of us speak Japanese, but we have the best of intentions. Um, okay, so, so going back to, to Royal. I had one single thing that was prescient all times. This story, like you said, is very dependent on its hook, right? This is a who done it, and you don't know who done done it until the end of the game, pretty much. It, when I was replaying it, I was like, "Do I still care about the who done it?" And yes, like the fact that. It is the same who done it, but it's like seeing it with a little bit of extra scenes of like, oh, so that's why this person did this, and that's how this collection of events happened. And then on top of it, you don't necessarily have the tired RPG trope of, and it was, but it was this guy behind the scenes the whole time. You have the very much, oh, these are concurrent threats, not one singular line of threat. That is phenomenal to see in an RPG that isn't pulling a Final Fantasy. Okay. I agree with you. The music is still banging. Whether you like Dragon Quest or Persona music is personal flavor, but they are both masterworks. Uh, One you can dance to, one you just stand and salute a flag to, I think. (laughs) Okay. So, by comparison, this takes longer to get going in gameplay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I still think there are a few dings that were there in Persona 5, but this very much sets right out of the gate to say, no, we're here to tell you a story. And I think it's laudable that it doesn't do that trick where, oh, we start in media res, you're in a dungeon fighting things, and then we do the hour-long story intro. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm very happy it starts out with 
here's the intro. You're not going to see gameplay for a while. Mm -hmm. Does that bother you on a replay? Nope. Uh, because the way this does it with those anime scenes and the music blaring, and I, I lapped it all up like an absolute person that laps things up that they really enjoy. <laughs> well said. <laughs> well you. said. Thank you. I, I absolutely, I was just there for the ride. And you do get a sense that things are different because there's different characters and there's different things happening. That The hook is there. But I also, I was like, obviously, something else is going on here. We need to get to the bottom of what this other thing is that's going on. And it's not as, like, Persona 4 is very Scooby-Doo and it's portrayal yeah. of the way it does this. It's like, and under the mask, it's Mr. Jingles. Um, this does it in such a good way that you're just like, Oh, 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 I'm, you I think you can tell which game of the two I prefer based on. <laughs> Tales of Arise. <laughs> but I, I, again, like, because I, I sound so excited about this game, it's, it's only, it's f fractions of a percent of love compared to Dragon Quest Eleven. how much it just, it just ticks the bot, the extra box for me, you know, it's, it's just weird that I'm still uh, this talking. Is, this is too very much like you have two master class designers. Mm -hmm. And they both do their thing so well. But they're different things. That, however, is a cat meowing. So you will have to excuse me for a moment. I gotta take care of my cat. No problem. I'll just Sorry, keep Craig. talking. I'll keep talking. Oh, sure. Be right, right back. Yeah. Um... So while Dave's dealing with his cat, that's a bit combat -y. So to talk about some of the combat changes that they've made in Royal, you now have got a couple of key actions or key things. So the original combat, you it's turn-based. You There's a turn order, which is based on your agility. And uh, Joker, the main protagonist, obviously has a selection of persona that they can summon. And everyone else has a persona. The, some of the changes they've made in this is you always had a gun, but it had limited bullets. It was six, nine, ten, two bullets if you are a shotgun or whatever. And that lasted for your dungeon run. The gun now refills ammo every single battle, which is great because you oh, encounter... Oh. Sorry, Sorry, let me... No, no, I agree, right? Like, like that right there takes something that was just a box you had to tick. I'm like, oh, they're weak, the gun. I'll use one bullet to knock them down. And it changes it into a viable way to do damage. And that is a wonderful, very small choice that carries a lot of weight with it. It, it really does. Um, another thing it does for the... Um, oh my god. Another thing it does for the, the battle is it has a baton system, which in the original game you needed to build up your characters and level up enough to do things to use them. You can now use it from the start of the game and you level up their baton passing and the damage they do. But from the start, if you knock down one enemy, you can baton pass to a second party member who knocks down another enemy who can baton pass to a third party member. And it sets up a more interesting gameplay because that becomes something you want to do. Because at the end of the day, you want to see... If you down all of your enemies, you want to see that all-out attack that's in the original game. You want to see that. You want to press triangle. You want to see them all kick ass in that cool 2D way. Or 100%. another new addition, your party members now have 
cutscenes added. All the, the dialogue is all, all the voice acting is all redone, and there's these new conversations. So Ryuji can meet Morgana and say, "Hey, I've got an idea for this attack. Why don't we?" And then in the middle of the game, in the middle of the battle, it'll just come up and it'll say, showtime, and you smash the button, and you get this amazing animated bonkers, off-the-wall attack that has two characters interacting in some way. Like the... Um, Ryuji and Yusuke is by Ryuji far the best, right? And Yusuke is phenomenal. They, just the way they do it. Like Morgana and... Um, what's her face? Anne. Anne has one that lays it on thick that Morgana obviously fancies the pants off Anne, which is a bit creepy, uh, and so <laughs> on and so forth. But it, it's just, it's a really nice thing. So they've added these wee tweaks to combat. The last thing they've added, which is quite cool, is you can always shout um, that you need a bit, it's like assistance or support or something, and Morgana will just shout out, that one looks like you should hit him with Oh, that. yeah, that's it's, cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's nothing that you might like. You might think I'm a seasoned player and I don't need this, but sometimes when you have a particular boss that has a wee trick or something that's annoying, because there is one that has a very annoying trick, um, it's good to just have the option to do stuff like that. So, like Royal has not only sewn bits in, but it has just tweaked. I, th- I think they did things to personas as well, because some personas were so overpowered in the original game that you could just roll with one person. Uh, okay, hold on. To your previous point about the Morgana mm-hmm. tip system, oh, that yeah, also yeah. really ties in nicely with the narrative because once Morgana stops becoming an active member, she turns into the tactician mm-hmm. of the group. And that is a really nice way to sew up narrative and gameplay together, whereas it wasn't really before. So mm-hmm. I like that quite a bit. Um, and yes, the persona that was super overpowered was named Shiki Oji, and mm-hmm. he is amazing. Yeah, The entire game... My paper yeah, boy, yeah, yeah, was was awesome. Um, okay, so I took care of my cat, so I missed some stuff, but it's fine. All all I spoke about was literally I started with, you know, um, they added things in combat, so it was the baton passes and stuff. I didn't, you didn't miss anything okay. really. Okay, all right. So on to the combat system as a whole. Yes, you very much like the whack a mole nature of Persona, mm-hmm. as in. I find this weakness, I wham it every time. That, yes. to me, gets old. Okay. The whole, what? oh, I know there's three Kelpies here, so if I do a fire move, I'll all-out attack, it's done. Does th- that never gets old to you? Nah. I live for those moments. <laughs> 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 like, it, I can see, I can totally see, this is another one, I can totally see your point. But, doing that, to, to me, makes me feel... Um, because you, you spec out for specific dungeons, because specific dungeons have Kelpies everywhere, other ones have other things. So it's about learning what the enemy types are, adjusting your personas to meet that, and swapping out party members. Like, I swapped out party members much more in this game than I did in Dragon Quest, because every so often you need Morgana on wind power constantly, and you, you need to basically try and figure it all out. So learning what you're up against against the dungeon is a great way to get to the point where when you go up against the boss, you're in the right space, you've got the right attacks. It's all themed in the same way, or mostly. And and, and we should say, Mm -hmm. we should say you played this on the hardest difficulty, whereas I played on normal. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
I went into this for a challenge, and it was a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh, uh, yeah, it adds the first time I ever played the game, I got sucked right into the the confidant side of things and speaking to people. And the combat was whack-a-mole on the hardest difficulty. The the combat is holy like an all-out attack will not kill everyone. An all-out attack does just does damage and you're having to constantly buff and fight and debuff them and it it seems to play into that a lot better. Like like that uh, doing this, that's one thing I kinda regret. I probably should have played on a harder d- because for me, it was a matter of you get Shiki Oji, and then you get one of each damage type on him, and you're good. <laughs> yeah. So that, that I'll say, down was uh, that, that's down to a user error, right? Like, I can't ding it for being a not hard experience for an experienced player on normal. That's not what normal is supposed to be. So that's perfectly fine. But man, uh, I still have a problem with the whack-a-mole nature. The only way, and I don't know how Persona would do this. That I would like the combat system more as if it maybe had double the monsters, but okay. that is a massive amount of work because mm. there's already a huge number of yeah. monsters in this. Yeah. Huge number of personas. Uh, I did fill out the persona checklist this time, so that wow. was done to 100%. I, and again, like we talked about before, I enjoyed reading about every single one of them, and uh-huh. it, was, it, it, was, it was great. It's like, ooh. Hey, there's Satan. Wonder how that kind of Satan look this time. That's cool, <laughs> right? Like, there's that interest to it. Did you talk about um, the stuff that they added, like the alarms? No, no, I never got that far. So I haven't done leveling up or confidence. Or oh, well, go ahead, go ahead and hit that. Okay, so um, leveling up in this game is fairly interesting. There's various mechanics, and what you do is you go to this place called the Velvet Room, which is as sleazy as it sounds you're in a prison cell it's your dream world it's where the who turns out to be the actual second last enemy has taken over and you have options to upgrade your characters you can take two personas sacrifice them it's very dark you can sacrifice them in a guillotine and that will produce a third persona which shares some of the traits of both personas and it becomes a a pokemon style how many babies can we make from all of these different things? There's recipes, there's ways to um, sacrifice three of them at once to get a better thing. And on top of all of this, if you kill enough enemies in a dungeon, um, you'll say, oh, I've got a funny feeling there's something going on at the Velvet Room. You get back to the Velvet Room and an alarm is going off and it's kind of like a once-every-so-often event where the first action you do can randomize powers, it can severely buff the persona that comes out, it can change what happens when you sacrifice for an item, and it becomes a way to really game it up. Like you're wanting you're wanting to figure out what three persona can I sacrifice together during an alarm to get this fourth thing that's gonna be you're like the black ninja rider or whatever you want. It's gonna be amazing. I want it so much. <laughs> and that again to me is it's as an upgrade system and an upgrade path so much you're upgrading you're upgrading your persona then you go and play darts and you upgrade your batting passes then you go and speak to your people and you upgrade your affinity with certain confidants and all it feels like a really interactive gamey way to upgrade yourself because you never hit one screen and it goes 
here's what you've got 20 upgrade points plus five crit yeah Yeah. exactly you never do that it's you're manhandling your way to victory in this and i hold on uh uh-huh right i don't disagree but i think you left out some very important bits oh and that is you forgot to mention how awesome the voice of igor is oh yeah I, I'm not I would gonna... pay to have that voice. Yeah, so the voice of Igor is this dark... I might try and splice it in if I've got time to download some stuff. Like... No, I can't even do it, but it's... This no, really... no, it, it, it's outside the human register of, yeah. of how deep you can make your voice. It's uh, dark When it changes, co- I want to go back to the original. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, no, go back. I'm the uh, Igor! <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two, you have... The darts. Mm-hmm. But you forgot to mention, they're Yakuza darts. I oh, yeah. swear, it's the yeah. exact same engine. It's um, great. I, lo- I love it, a game it, of darts. I'm a little sad they didn't let you play pool. Mm-hmm. Like, I would have preferred like a nice little pool mini game, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, A nice thing that, I'm sorry, I'm going to take this a little off track. Yeah. But a really nice thing I appreciated this time was much like a David Mamet movie. The first time you watch it, you're like, holy crap, that's Kaiser Soze at the end. <laughs> then yeah. you watch it again, and you're like, oh, the hints were there the entire time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and that is, and it, with the DLC, it's even better if you haven't played it yet, the DLC, I mean, because you're getting the, oh, the hints are there, and there's another new mystery involved. Yeah. Like, for example, Craig, I feel so dumb. About this. The two jailers. I forget their mm-hmm. names. Um it's it's uh it's a two people merging. It's a Serena and Veronica situation here, but it yeah. is Jailer A and Jailer B can't remember the names. Okay. It'll come to me. Did you notice their hats? Yeah, with the wheel writing on it. Yeah, you know what it says? No. Okay, so the one on the let's just say left and right. The one on the left has O. X, Y, X, and it goes like that. If you put the two together, it says oxymoron. Oh my god, so it does. And if you then do that with the eye patches where there's different, you're like, oh, wait a minute. There's that, like, that is a perfect hint for what happens later in the game. And you're like, this is amazing. Um,. I, I noticed a lot more of that small little touches like that. Yeah. It's like you could have figured the story out before you got to the end. Mm-hmm. It's Caroline so, and Justine. Caroline and Justine. There we go. And they and turn into uh, Car- 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 Caroline. Car- uh, Just Justine. Justine. There we go. Yes. And so, so like really, really well done mystery story with Mm -hmm. it doesn't pull that whole and the killer was somebody you never met kind of shenanigans that drives me insane lavenza 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 there we go okay uh caroline (laughs) so i'm sorry back to your your points sorry oh am i talking again yeah, well, no, sorry, I, I interrupted you for that. All oh, little... right, yeah, I was just, I was talking about things they added, and it was really cool wee things um, that were just cool. But overall, I was talking about leveling up, um, and you know, leveling up your characters, leveling up your persona, you level up your relationships. You can go to a weapons vendor and buy and level up some guns and things. It's dead easy to sell junk and all this kind of stuff. It's just, 
it's as smooth as it can be RPG. It's it's battery smooth without to play. being too um, pandering. Yeah, like the that is one thing I'll say for both of these games is that the ceiling to how strong you can get is completely justified. Yeah, like this isn't a Zelda situation where you know you're to, like, oh, why did I do all that? Yeah, why have I got twenty hearts when I've just killed them in three? In, in th- yeah, it, it uh. never really runs into that. Um. Another plus I want to add before I get to the negatives mm-hmm. is status attacks in RPGs are garbage. We were even talking in Dragon Quest how it's like, what, what, smooch, who cares? Just kill them. Yeah, yeah. This is one of the few game series that has status attacks that really matter. When you get hit with one or when the enemy does, uh-huh. oh boy, it hurts. I, it, the on hard, hard you're very rarely worrying about if you're hitting something with their weakness. You are constantly battling status effects, buffs, and debuffs. It is a fucking juggle and a nightmare. <laughs> it's <laughs> really, really difficult. That when even if you just if it's a random person somewhere that you've beat, my God, it feels like an achievement. It really, really does. It does. It. I would imagine on. The harder difficulties, it hits that souls thing of like early enemies are still always a threat. Yeah, and do you know what it does? That's really smart. I don't know if you did it or needed to do it or bothered. Um, huh. But when you get to the later stages of the game, you can see, like, especially when you're in acu- oh, fuck, Mon- mementos. I nearly said acumentos, which must be a Harry Potter <laughs> spell. Acumentos. <laughs> Um, monument. No, it's Acumentos. <laughs> ah, uh, when you get into Mementos, which is kind of like your sprawling, you know, procedurally generated dungeon that you sometimes mostly have in RPGs. Um, when you get to the point where you're backtracking and you're going to different places and you're doing different things, and when you're in a normal dungeon, you can be, or the game can perceive you to be overpowered or really well set up for particular enemies so you can color code them when you hold down your trigger and you can see if an enemy is green and you've done certain things to level up one of Ryuji's confidant bits if you either drive into an enemy that you know you're going to be or the game knows you're going to be or you run into an enemy with Ryuji in your party it auto beats them so you can go through it pulls an earthbound you can nobody does that yeah, and, and it's it's abs it makes it so breezy towards the end. Instead of you would always get caught in a slog. In Dragon Quest as well, if you couldn't football run your way through somewhere and you've got all these easy fights that you're just you're going through the motions, it cuts all of that out. But you have to yeah, work. That, that is one thing that I think is pres- just one hundred percent better than Dragon Quest mm-hmm. is the way it does that. The I think the only mitigating factor in Dragon Quest is enemies run away from you. If if you're too strong, which is adorable, but I, I think the persona method is more satisfying because it just feels better to be like, yeah, I don't even need to fight you. Um, okay, so let's get to some of the negatives, my friend. For me, anyway. Uh-huh. Number one, while there are do- dialogue choices, they do not matter. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And, and I noticed this time, like I... I if you're presented with three choices, the answer they give you always works for all, for all three, three choices. Yeah. I'm like, you sneaky sons of bitches. I mean, mm-hmm. well done on the writing, for sure. 
But that that wears on me. It's like, why even present me with a choice at that point? Yeah. I, I use it to play a specific, like I'm always nicey, nice, neutral, oh, inoffensive, Craig. So I just do it for that. But you're, you're right. Everything, there's no consequences. There's not even consequences. Sorry. Sorry. Ah, you what? go where you're, you go. I was just on the consequence front. Um, my not negative, it's not a negative by any means, but it's just a, it's to, an example of how there's no consequences. I dated, I went for the platinum in this and I didn't know whether you needed to or not. So I ended up dating every single one of the party. You slut. All of them. And when it comes time to Valentine's Day, they all turn up at your house at the same time and they're just like, fuck you, Joker. And they all walk out on you. And then Chief is like, oh, what have you done? You didn't play this smart, did you? He's a bit sleazy. But then the next day, you go down and you see Anne in the market, and she's like, "Hey, do you want to grab some lunch?" Yeah, like like that. That's a that was a big. See, for me, that is a negative, right? You will have stuff that happens in the story where it's a serious thing that happens in the story, uh-huh. and then you meet them, and they're like, "Let's go shopping," and you're like, well, "No, no, don't do that." Um, so that's a bit of a negative for me. Mm-hmm. Another negative for me is in terms of game design. They sometimes hit you with mechanics that you have not had a chance to try yet. Right? Like, there will be like, oh, hey, in in this uh, tutorial, um, you know, the little thing will pop up and it'll be like, oh, use a showtime if, if once you do this. But you don't get a chance to do a showtime until what, like four or five hours later? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I see what you mean. So that, that's a bit of a squiffy thing in terms of game design. And number three. And this is might be a Dave thing. Sometimes the game prevents you from playing the parts you want to. That I, I have as a negative and positive. <laughs> okay, all right. right. Explain so yourself. I completely agree. So part of getting the platinum and part of leveling everyone up and doing a Craig run of trying to experience everything is you need to hang out with everyone at the appropriate time and the appropriate place. And sometimes you are in your room, it's the evening, and you try and leave and Morgana's just like, no, you should go to sleep. And I'm like, Morgana, I'm not, I'm not tired. I, wanna, I gotta talk to the kid in an arcade. Yeah, Shut up. Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't want to leave. Uh, sometimes it skips entire swathes of things. Some days only go by and you're in school and then it's the next day. And it tries to... It, it doesn't let you fully explore that system. But two things. No, one, no okay. so that's the negative. But in the Royal Edition, they've taken away over half of those th- events. So Morgana... That's, that seems monstrous because even with half of them in, yeah. it's you still feel it. Uh-huh. So you still get the times where Morgana says, no, go and do this. Or you try and leave and your chief is like, oh, Or even no. if you're like, no, I want to go to Mementos. There's an alarm. Can mm-hmm. I please go to Mementos? And they're like, nah, you don't yeah. need to. But what, el- what else they've done, apart from take out half of those, is they've added in an entire semester with mostly free time. Which is very smart. Like, it, like I'm very yeah. glad they did that. It was never in the original game. And what in the original game, if you wanted to platinum it, you had to basically follow a guide from start on day one morning. You need to talk to this, and I didn't do that because that is not the way I do anything. In this game, it gives you 
an entire month to basically figure out who you need to talk to to level them up in time. And that's how I ended up getting it, was that free month. Um, oh, see, now I played, uh, I also got the platinum. I played through it twice. The first time I did nothing but focus on my social stats and then just took the first bad ending. Okay. The New Game Plus, and then I did social stuff. Fair enough. Yeah, it wasn't bad either way because the first time I could skip everything because, well, I've seen all of this before. Even though I hadn't, I didn't want to, you know, spoil myself for it. So I skipped a lot, which, by the way, also plus on that, you can just pass things and it's wonderful. Uh, I don't recommend it at all. Uh, And then there's some things like um, the Hawaii trip, for example. There could have been a little more interactivity there. Like, maybe make a smaller, you know, kind of like how the Yakuza does, like, you're, you're there, but there's this small little town. Okay, yeah. Like a Harajuku kind of thing, where you yeah. can just kind of walk around and experience flavor. I would have liked that, but again, that is a small niggle not to be that worried about. Yeah, like, you right. were on the, if you were on the island and something happened, though, it would it would expose the fact that the enemy probably knew it was you that was the phantom. You know, like, yes. I story that I... The, the way I see the Hawaii trip is like, uh, you know one of those times when you're at the theatre and the curtains drop and then they wheel out ice cream and stuff like that? Oh, intermission. An intermission. It is, it's like a visual novel intermission where... Oh, yeah. Like, like I don't have a problem with it story-wise, but mm-hmm. like you could have had, oh, I'm going to pick to hang out with Ryuji today and you do like a small little scene with Ryuji or I'm going to pick did. to hang out. Yeah, once. Like, like it, it's not like you spent okay, the, like okay. it's almost an, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's personal flavor thing. No yeah, use arguing about it. No, we're gonna die on this hill, Craig. We're gonna <laughs> fight. Um, all right. So let's talk about some of the new stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yoshigawa is f- the best party member, hands down. Like, there's not even a new person bias. She is the most interesting person. Yeah. Of your entire group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting story, interesting character, good to talk to, good persona. Like, it's very, very cool. And the, the first time you meet her is obviously in a dungeon. She's, you're like, what the uh, France is going on here? And then she turns Which up to... I, that was the first time I'm like, wait, was this <laughs> in before? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just really, really great addition to the, the team. And as I said, like, an extra person that you can take into a dungeon great because i, I wish need... you got her sooner that would be my only complaint i think getting getting your full party as it's like act three dragon quest style stuff it's it takes yeah, ages it's to get, way you in. get you get way into it before you get your full but like 40 hours odd before you actually get her to fight with um i maruki is a wonderful addition and he did for me he did that thing of, oh, this guy's, this guy's suspicious. Mm-hmm. This guy's, and then it, it did that full one eighty two. Oh no, he's just a nice guy. Yeah, just, and he, then it went to whoa, wait. I, I, when he takes you out to dinner, the only thing that kept me back to he's a bad guy is because he actually openly spoke about you know like changing people's thoughts. Like, yeah, that was the. I'm like, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. How do you? Know I, about the, this? It was a very nice little journey. Yeah. Of the, he's good, he's bad, he's good, he's bad. And it's like, oh, okay, this is cool. And I also like how it, it lended, and then this is where I'm going to be talking way out of my depth, because turns out, Craig, I'm not a teen anymore. 
<laughs> in Dragon Quest, you have a story that is very universal. Oh no, the world's going to end. Let me gather a ragtag group of friends. We'll take them out. And my granddad. And, but in Persona, every one of the issues is something that teens care about. Which I think is a really nice touch. Like, if I played this as a teen, I would feel spoken to. Whereas I wouldn't with Dragon Quest because it's just a universal story. Now, I can't say if that's true or not because I'm not a teen anymore. But well, there were a lot... It's, of... it's like the difference between what up to someone, oh, you've injured yourself and you can't run in that race you wanted to. That's a shame. Is the difference to, between that and, oh, you're the saviour of humanity. <laughs> and so that's... roughly the same thing going on here. Um, a bit, but I like this time I found myself going, guys, that's so small potatoes. Who cares? And then I'm like, oh, that's the point. So, again, while Dragon Quest writers are full of charm and quirkiness, Persona writers really have, it seems at least, a finger on, oh, shouldn't say that. Yeah. Um, they <laughs> have their <laughs> into... No? Okay, no. Craig, I need to say this without sounding weird and pervy. They are elbow deep in... They're, they got their finger on teens. There we go. Like, like it, it feels like they either have kids of their own that are that age, or they really remember being teens. And I think that's laudable, even if, as an older person, you're like, dude, who cares? Dude, who cares? I think it works great. Um, the interpersonal relationships are, I think, weaker and better. Like, you get more of a sense of actual people yeah. from Persona, but the characters don't have that level of interplay that they do in Dragon no. Like, for example, you'll never really see Ryuji talking to Haru about yeah, anything. Yeah. But in Dragon Quest, you will see, like, Hendrik talking to Jade yeah. kind of thing. About, yeah, you're, you're right. It is... There, there are more people, people, but I think the biggest takeaway from comparing the characters themselves is, realistically speaking, for the most part, you like the Dragon Quest people, but realistically speaking, from the Persona side of things, there are some right twats in your party. <laughs> they are spoiled teens, some of them. And yeah. that's perfect. I, I, I don't think they were... Like, Dragon Quest wants you to go out and have a beer with every one of their characters. Mm-hmm. Persona is more like, hey, people are like this sometimes. Yeah. So that very much, again, is two different flavors. I personally would go have a beer with Rab rather than hang out with Yuji any day. But it would also be weird because I'm like almost 40. <laughs> so, you know. Um. Okay. Should we get to the news? You want to do a quick rundown of the uh, Maruki stuff? Or should we not, since, like, the PS5 version's coming out? Yeah, uh... I mean, I it's the one thing I would probably feel less happy to spoil. Not because I prefer the game, or, or I think it's not worth spoiling. It's because there is this opportunity for yeah. PS5 player users to experience it for the first time in a new version of the game, and blah, 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 blah. Okay, so let's go super vague. Let's yeah. talk about... The end boss fight, and just leave it at that, right? Like, 
I I think the end boss fight is probably the strongest mechanically. The Maruki one or the other one? Ah, uh, the Maruki one. Oh right, okay. Sorry, because <laughs> I really I really like the other one as well. The the um uh, the big one. Yes. I uh, see. The big one ha- almost had more of a interactive cutscene feel to me. Whereas the other one, you had to strategize and be like, okay, how do I take care of those guys? Kind of thing. And not in the same way as the Haru's dad one, which is the worst thing uh, in the world. Oh, it really... So, um, like, not to go boss by boss or spoiler by spoiler, all the bosses have pretty cool moves, and they're pretty cool. Great design. Great design, different things you have to do. Sometimes you're sending off a party member to go and attack from behind, and it takes three turns to do it. It's really cool. And then you get to Haru's dad, and it throws a spanner in the works and all of that because you've got a set of enemies that you need to all somehow know intrinsically that you're supposed to down them all at once. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, on paper, on paper, it sounds great. If you saw a piece of paper and it said, in this boss fight, force the player to play in a completely new way. That sounds like, hey, that's a great idea. In practice, it's infuriating. Yeah, it really is. And like going taking that onto the Maruki boss fight... I think it's almost it's in the same vein. You've got multiple tentacles. All the they're all the tentacles have different functions though, and it becomes a game where instead of trying to knock them all down at once and being annoyed by it, it becomes whack a mole. It becomes whack a mole. But in this really, I really like the tentacles boss. Oh oh, I, like uh, I think that like the the tentacle boss is them saying, "Hey guys, sorry for that one. Let's mm-hmm. do a better version of this." Yeah yeah. It, it does feel like that. So for Maruki, you are trying to whittle down tentacles to attack him. He's pretty weak by himself, but you, you've got to try and figure out. And it's where Dave's whack-a-mole comment, it's where learning the entire game's worth of trying to figure out weaknesses and who does what when. and who. That's the, that's the ultimate boss for that game. Yes, you're you're right. It, like it is a it, what what's the word? It is a good final test to see mm-hmm. if you understand mechanics. Yeah, one hundred percent. Other than that, like uh, the other thing that should be mentioned that we haven't mentioned is the creature design. Other than the very bland overworld, like uh, what is it? Um, like neighborhood watch icons. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's <laughs> like they're okay, but it is it is a pleasure to see new monsters every time because they're boy i'm gonna use an old con they're off the chain with a lot of the the design here and it's it's just fantastic to look through this giant list now that being said the downside to that is you can also have every single one of these enemies and if you already have a baphomet Seeing another Baphomet, you're like, yeah, 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 whatever. So I don't know like how you would fix that because I don't work for Atlas mm-hmm. and I'm not smart enough. Yeah. Um, I think the, the way they do address it is if you've got a Baphomet already and you capture a Baphomet, that Baphomet automatically levels up the Baphomet you've got. Like that. Oh, that's that's a very nice yeah, point. It's a really nice way to say, yeah, you're going to see this guy again, but there is a benefit to fighting him again. I didn't, I didn't flee any battles. You know, like I did. I didn't run past people thinking, "Oh, I don't want to fight you." I don't want. I was in it. 
I, I was in it fighting. I, I mean, I desperately needed to level everything up anyway. <laughs> but, but there was no, there was no sense of wanting to avoid anything too much. And even if it was like, as you say, all of the designs of them, they're all incredible. Oh yeah, it's it's just to open the persona list and then scroll down them. It is so cool to see them. Um, how did you feel about the Akechi and Yoshigawa stuff? Uh like Akechi stuff, I kind of like. I kind of like. I you obviously have that bit where you look back three months and you go, "Oh my god, how did he know we were talking about pancakes?" Ah, oh, like, that was a the first time that hit. That was. <laughs> wonderful yeah and you're like i i kind of like what they've done i feel slightly cheated that you can level up a catchy <laughs> and buy new weapons for him and stuff but at the end of the day he turns around and he does good and that i'm fine with you know the, he, the only catchy problem i have is he goes from an interesting character to a stereotypical anime yeah I, I get that i get that that was my only... I'm, I'm glad they didn't do that with Yoshigawa. Um, I also like Craig. 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 There was no amnesia in this game that mattered at all. Oh, no, there wasn't. There was no amnesia. I love but... it. I love it. Um, yeah, I mean... For... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, Yoshigawa is a bit of a Yakuza 0. Uh-huh. A bit. But... It's a, t- it's a tiny wee bit, but it's interesting getting there. Oh, 100%. The whole time you're like, when am I gonna get the user? And then you're like, oh, oh, you're an interesting twist. I really like that. Oh, and I have a dumb question for you. The scene where you're picking up trash for the school. Was that there? And the original, you mean? Or yeah. Um, I don't know. I actually don't know. Because I'm trying to, I was trying to think while I'm watching. I'm like, okay, so if you didn't have her, what would, would this cutscene have you, been? Yeah, why would you be there? But it, again, I mean, I know we've we've hammered this, but it's blended so well. Um, yeah, she was the one character that I was like, all right, I need to spend more time with her. And then they do that thing where they lock off, and you're like, yeah. no, you can't stop now. Uh, I think that is masterfully done. It is wonderfully done. Uh, this does have the JRPG thing of bad ending, good ending, true ending. Yes. Um, I don't think finding the true ending is too obscure. No. Like, I, I think you're going to naturally run into it. Mm-hmm. Unless either you know how to get to the bad... Well, the bad ending's easy to stumble across. It's the middle ending that's like, you're either going to get the bad ending and know you're getting the bad ending on purpose because you make that choice. Yeah, or yeah. Or you're going to get to the true ending. There's There's... It's difficult to not. I don't and I think. If, you, if you're worried about getting the bad ending by accident, just remember snitches get stitches. <laughs> and you'll be fine. Um, so, okay. So we have gone a little ways. Let's start to wrap this up. Now, yeah. here comes the great grand reveal that nobody's going to see coming. I very much prefer Dragon Quest. Yes. You very much prefer Persona. Absolutely. Now, which one would you want a sequel for right now? Persona. Easily. Ooh, wrong answer. You had a 50% chance of getting it right, but you didn't. 
But that um, question was directly. <laughs> was obviously. Like, when you play, when you, I played, the first time I played Persona 5, I immediately went and played Golden because I was very much like I was in that. This I could play this and then play a different flavour of it and then play a different flavour of it and be totally fine. Um, Dragon Quest has a bit more of, oh, it's subjective. It's got that. Oh, well, yeah. It's got that more traditional JRPG feel, but I I would be I would be vastly what I would want to see from Persona Six would be another Persona Five. It would be another Persona. Okay. What I would want to see from a Dragon Quest Twelve would be more of a what have they done to update this? Have they Tales of Arise this? What have they done new? So I would like to see sequels of both, but for different reasons. They're saying Dragon Quest Twelve. Uh, Dragon Quest fans should be ready for something quite different. So okay. I am super curious. Uh, that is a great way to put it. In Persona Six, you're like, "All right, what new group of kids? Yeah. What's the new thing? I'm still going to get me my Jack Frost. This uh-huh. is going to be good." Um, in Dragon Quest, you're going to be like, "Where's Silvando?" And that's <laughs> yeah. it. Um, no, yeah, like that is a very good way to put it. I pr- absolutely want sequels to both of them. Um, I think it's great that both of them are staying concurrent. Like, uh, Dragon Quest brings out S-Type. Persona brings out Royal. Final Fantasy's left somewhere in the mix. We don't know where. But um, the remasters of 3, 4, and 5 coming out, I think, is a great idea. Whereas if you were to remaster older Dragon Quest games, I think you'd have to go in with the mindset of, okay... I'm playing an older Dragon Quest game, you know? Like, you'd, you'd have to. Whereas I don't think you need to be in a specific mindset for Persona. Yeah. That being said, anybody who plays Dragon Quest and doesn't walk away smiling is a serial killer. <laughs> I'm yeah, pretty good. sure. Um, There is something... Uh, Okay, hold on. How am I going to put this? With Persona, I feel it's the mechanics that make it. With Dragon Quest, it's everything else that make it. And the everything else I find is more valuable, whereas you find the mechanics much more valuable. Yeah, 100%. Like I said at the very, very start of the second half of this, oh my god. <laughs> um, like, the, the mechanics are they trump most things for me and it's why like dragon quest for me mechanics and and the general kind of like smiliness of it it lets me forgive the fact that i really couldn't care less about the story like i really couldn't care less um how dare you i know but for persona 5 it just does have that extra tick of oh i actually do care about the story and i love Uh, yeah yeah. if somebody was to sit down and tell me a story i'd prefer persona 5 you're right um, so what we need modders to do, take the Dragon Quest crew, put them in Persona 5, and we'll be happy. Ah, but they're not, they're not kids, are they? They're not gonna, they're not gonna understand, no. Dave. No, but seeing Rab worried that he can't run track anymore <laughs> would be amazing. <laughs> okay. Sylvando so, has to find a dress for the prom. <laughs> exactly, it'd be great. Uh, okay, so... Uh, did you get out everything you wanted to say? Um, I think so. Like, I, I genuinely, my final thing, and I hope we've done a decent enough job 
of saying it, because certainly for me, and I think from you as well, we are talking about like two 10 out of 10 games and basically 100%. our slight personal preference and reason why. It's not like there's no argument. There's no, oh, this is a ding for this and Persona does it, but there's none of that really. It's just chit-chat, like you say, at a bar and I hope we've done it justice. I I agree. If you like this kind of, we take two games that are vaguely similar and compare and contrast, let us know. Otherwise, this was just something we decided to do for fun while we were on the break. So I hope you enjoyed it. Now, Craig, we have two questions we have to answer. Does Dragon Quest hold up in 2022? <laughs> you actually thought I was having a stroke, Dave. It's like, oh no, what have I done? Are we, st- are we still recording something else? Oh no, I stopped at a half hour, as per usual. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, all joking aside, I think these are two shining beacons of mm-hmm. what makes the JRP genre yeah. special. 100%. Yeah. And the, there would be a case to say have a, a three-way conversation and include some like Tales of Arise, but the thing that makes these two stand out is like Tales of Arise might be like a nine out of ten, whereas these are te- these are proper ten out of ten bangers for both of us, which helps a lot. Now, I, that being said, I honestly feel if you put Final Fantasy into this mix and made it a menage a trois, yeah. There are no other big boys. Like, these are it. Yeah. Yeah. How, yeah. However, if you feel different, I would be wonderfully excited to read about maybe you think Dragon Quest is old and musty and it should be left behind or Persona is too teen angsty and instead you prefer Star Ocean. You weirdo. But I would love to read if you have a peace to say then say it uh you can do that at thebiteffect.com um other than that oh I've just, i think dave i've just had a message on thebiteffect.com oddly weird since we're still recording it and you know it's not even been posted but it basically says Ooh. it's from greg peterson um oh okay and it says you've forgotten Over. about yakuza like a dragon uh, well, Craig, uh, thank you for your support and for your information. However, you're wrong because <laughs> Yakuza Like a Dragon is them going, you know, I've always liked Dragon Quest. <laughs> so let's make a Dragon Quest. Um, yeah, like, like I, I, unlike a lot of genres, I think JRPGs are kind of solidifying into those three big boys. And I don't like that very much, but the craftsmanship they're putting into the big ones is... Yeah amazing like later on in the year final fantasy bloody 16's coming out and it's oh like oh my gosh holy and part uh, seven part two will be out at christmas time indeed <sighs> i i am i am very excited to see what the, I, I, boy i sound like some some hacky game critic i'm very excited to see where the future of jrpgs lie because there is that split now that's coming between active and turn-based and quite frankly i like both so i'm gonna win either way do you know what do you know what might be quite interesting and this is not for the listener and i might actually have to cut this out but what if instead of let let's do this again with final fantasy or whatever what if this is a craig and dave talk about their best 
JRPGs, why don't we pick a different genre? Because we could do this exact same thing again with two, I don't know, with like God of War and... Castlevania Lords of Shadow or something. Yeah. yeah. You know, something so like two different... I don't know, it's just an idea. Because of all the things we've recorded recently, this has felt like the best thing we've recorded in forever. <laughs> yes. I'll agree. This, this this felt really good to finally get out. Okay, so coming up next, we're going to compare Monster Hunter World to Monster Hunter Iceborne. <laughs> now, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd totally be down for like grabbing the oddball genre like third-person shooter or something and be like, hey, here's two different versions. Uh, yeah, I'd be totally game for that. Yeah, we'll see about that. All right. But anyway. All right, so if you would like to support the podcast, go to your local brick-and-mortar store rip open a pillow that is hopefully down and write down Craig and Dave on two feathers, stuff them back in the pillow, and there we go. And that will somehow support the podcast. We appreciate it. And don't forget, use Inkoid in our view somewhere. Not with us. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. Let us know if you like this kind of more freeform thing. Craig, thank you very much for playing these two... Well, slog-worthy games. Let's be honest. Yeah. Oh, honestly. Oh. Um, behind the curtain a little bit, this is finally nice to get this out because yeah. we have been like, like doing little warning shots at each other, where <laughs> with oh yeah, I like this. Oh yeah, I like this. So uh, this is nice to get out. So anyway, I hope you have a pleasant evening, listener. Thank you again. Thank Craig, you. Say goodbye to the fine people. Goodbye, fine wait, people. Wait, wait, oh. wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, say goodbye in your best rab, which you should be able to get pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Goodbye, <laughs> we bears, <laughs> and then say sayonara in your best Morgana. Sayonara, laddie. <laughs> well done. <laughs> All right, and three, two, one. <laughs>